On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, Elon Musk guest stars on South Park, Tesla opens a bunch of new supercharging stations, Samsung partners with Tesla to make custom chips, and more. Happy holidays, everybody. Welcome to Ride the Lightning. It is the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode number 71 for December 11th, 2016. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, and uh, snoozing comfortably on the floor next to me here is the one and only Maggie the Boxer. And uh, it's been a, it's been a nice week, just trying to inch towards the holidays. I've got a couple of work-from-home weeks coming up, so I can lay a little bit low, but still, you know, still kind of be on the clock and be have my eyes open on things, but uh, at least be able to hang here with Maggie all day, which will be nice. And uh, Maggie and I just had a, we had a fun little event with the San Francisco SPCA. We were, we were kindly honored as one of the, the therapy dog teams uh, with five years of service. We, uh, yeah, Maggie's a, I, pr- I probably mentioned it before, but she's a, she's a therapy dog. We, uh, we do re- a reading program with kids in schools. And I'll, I'll only mention this because it's, you know, it, when you're, when you're a therapy dog team, you're assigned somewhere, whether it's a hospital, a nursing home, an assisted living facility, a school, something like that. And you don't typically get to see or interact with the other therapy dog teams or hear their stories or, or sort of see what else goes on. And, and I'll tell you, just sort of getting together in the same room, there were probably 20 therapy dog teams all with their, their dogs there, people all with their, their uh, trained dogs. And and it's uh, it just sort of reminds you that you know you hear everybody else's stories that it's the the human animal bond is to me so strong and it's so important and it has such a positive emotional impact for so many people that that maybe you as a as a dog owner pet owner don't realize there are therapy dog cats too and rabbits in fact that you know you maybe don't even realize you know if you've got a dog who is really good with people and has a wonderful temperament and, and is someone that, or someone, is, you know, is, is, a, is a pet that, that, that you know, you love and, and, uh, and sort of enjoy sharing with the world. I mean, consider looking into your local SPCA's uh, Animal Assisted Therapy Program. It may go by a different name depending on which city you live in. Just here in the Bay Area, there's the Peninsula Humane Society, which calls it Pet Assisted Therapy, which is where Maggie and I first got into the program. Uh, and then there's animal assisted therapy, <laughs> what it's called up here in San Francisco. So, you know, just I would encourage you to, to look into it. If it's something that, you know, maybe you can give one day a week, even one day a month, potentially. It's the the uh, the people you visit with. You'd be surprised the kind of the kind of impact you can have if, you know, it requires a decent bit of training and some certification. And it is a process that it's going to take a number of months. But but you know, once you you do that, it's it's a uh, it's just a very everybody wins for me. It's uh, in my in my experience. You know, I, I feel great, and and Maggie just adores children. Boxers in general adore children, and Maggie just loves being around kids. When sometimes we'll go the we the thing we do is a one on one reading program that parents sign up for. Whether they're they're basically there are studies that show. Uh, that children who may be lagging a little behind in their reading level, if they sit alone and read with a read to a dog, that the anxiety of maybe their classmates drops away, and they can actually pick up their reading level and sort of catch back up. There are there are studies to this. So um, just sort of you know at the holidays, thinking about just this you know this this event we had this week where where uh, boy we, I can't go. It's been five years just with the SFSPC already. It's actually been eight with it with the with the other one, but. You know, it's it's just a nice thing. Consider it. You know, if you if it's a it's a fun way to share your pet with the world and and do a little something good. Uh, so, with that, let me move forward here from the sincere to the to the comedic, as on as if on cue, Maggie the boxer heads to her drinking bowl. Uh, if you still watch South Park, as I do, I it's pr- probably one of, if not my favorite shows now for twenty years, which is unbelievable the show started when i was in high school and it's as you know and maybe you don't like it it's it's not for everybody but 
it the it's become it's it's sort of evolved from a you know kind of a gross out foul mouthed uh, show to very much a, a relevant modern day current event satire, and I, Elon Musk had a guest arc on uh, a guest starring uh, stint in a multi episode arc of the just completed season of South Park. So here is a clip of Elon playing himself at SpaceX on South Park. Okay, numbers 204 through 215, you can come on through. Ah, finally! Hey, that's me too! Yippee! Right in here, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the tour. I'm Elon Musk. Are we gonna have some fun today? Oh, great, a stupid tour guide. Can we just talk to someone important, please? We want to go to Mars. And getting anywhere takes ingenuity. Oh, Mrs. Daw, would you mind... Opening, please? Yes, Elon. The only way for humankind to survive is with imagination and technology. Cars that run on electricity, solar panels that replace roof shingles, even food that changes form. You see this? It's a pizza, only four inches long, and yet when heated, it expands to make enough pizza to feed a hundred people. I call it the Pizza Pocket. They already have pizza pockets. Who would like to see the Hyperloop? A new mode of travel that can take you from here to Dubai in nine minutes. Excuse me, Mr. Musk, this is all super interesting and shit, but can we see the Mars rocket now? So the, the, the entire season of South Park this year, it's 10 episodes, 10 30-minute episodes, and it, it's all been one continuous story. Uh, so it's, it's difficult to explain the whole thing, but I, I mean, I of course, I cracked up when I saw Elon Musk drawn, <laughs> rendered in South Park. The, the short version is uh, Cartman goes to SpaceX to try and get to Mars in order to escape the internet, basically, and, and the things that he has said about people on the internet. It's kind of hard to explain unless you've been watching the entire season. But, I mean, when I saw it, I was like, oh, wow, the, the Elon impression is pretty good. I, I wonder who's doing it. Because usually the show creators, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, do probably 90-plus percent of the voices themselves. I came to find out that it was, in fact, Elon himself that did his own voice, that he, he cameoed on the show. And I have to say, it, it, the reason I didn't think it was him, because it's odd hearing him speak clearly without any of the kind of ums or, or you knows or us that we, that we hear him when he's, when he's addressing, when he's on media calls or, or giving Tesla presentations. Um, but I guess it doesn't, it, it, I guess it shouldn't surprise me because as, as someone who I get to do VO in a in a VO recording booth on a regular basis at IGN. I I definitely have a different sound. Like my voice is different. My whole thing is uh, different when I'm when I'm in that mode. So I guess they got Elon in the booth and and uh, got him you know to give a really fun performance. But uh, and I and I will say I wish I would have loved to have been in the room for that VO recording because. Uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker and Elon Musk are three of my absolute favorite celebrities. I've had the I've had the distinct privilege of uh, pleasure of meeting two of them, Matt and Trey. I got to interview them when they announced their uh, South Park video game that's currently in development. They were very nice, down to earth guys, by the way. Haven't yet had the chance with Elon. I've been in the same room with him once. That well, not more than once, but like up fairly close to him, back at the. The Model S, the the beta factory tour back in was that like, let's see, that would have been two thousand October, it was October of two thousand eleven, I guess that was. Uh, he, I was sort of behind the stage, but anyway, uh, if you if you enjoy South Park but maybe haven't been keeping up with recent seasons, I think you can watch them on Hulu, I believe. So do check out the the just completed season of South Park. Uh, I'd, I'd say go ahead and just skip right to the Elon parts, but as I said, you might be, you might, you might, won't really be in on the joke, so you might want to try uh, from the season's beginning, but it was really great, and it was fun to see Elon on South Park. 
Uh, speaking of tel- Tesla and television, I want to follow up from the last, what, couple weeks, I guess, with Tesla in TV and movies. I want to go to Tim from Dayton, Ohio, who wanted to add another show to the list of, of uh, television programs that have featured a Tesla. So, Tim, take it away. Hello, Ryan. This is Tim from Dayton, Ohio. Here's another TV program to add to your list. The new Good Behavior series, starring Michelle Dockery on TNT, features a Model S at the end of Episode 2, and then throughout the hour-long Episode 3. The two actors, whose characters are fleeing from the law in the stolen Tesla, have to battle with finding recharging stations and calculating mileage to go, and more. It's a great series, but yours is a great podcast, too. Thanks very much, Ryan, for all your hard work. Bye for now. Thanks, Tim. Uh, We have a couple of others to add to the list from last week as well, because more of you have written in or called in to report other Tesla sightings in TV shows and movies. So uh, Patrick writes in and says that Tesla has had mentions on Madam Secretary and Blackish. Doug notes that the show uh, Good Behavior has featured a Tesla. And Rod from West Hills, California notes that the program Person of Interest, which I have heard of, haven't seen, uh, has featured a Tesla in, in in such a way that the Model S apparently drives itself and it's part of the storyline of the show. So if you're keeping a list, as, as we started one last week, add those shows to the list of uh, TV and movies that have featured a Tesla in some way or another. Moving on with this week's Tesla news, it's a, a sort of a bunch of smaller scale stories. I was worried that this week was going to be really dead and quiet, but it sort of uh, ended up It turned out all right. This first story, Tesla has opened seven new supercharging stations in seven new cities over the past, yes, you guessed it, seven days. Those cities are Santa Ana, California, 29 Palms, California. For those of you, I think that's uh, that's sort of on between Phoenix and LA, I believe. Tarrytown, New York. Uh, Let's see. In Italy, I'm going to unfortunately butcher this, uh, Moncalieri, 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 oh, that feels, I'm, in, I'm very embarrassed, I try to pride myself on trying to get the pronunciation right, uh, Moncalieri, I'm gonna go with that, in Italy, Coffs Harbor in New South Wales, uh, Steg Honten in Switzerland, I, I'm hoping my, my, uh, high school and college German that's still somewhere dormant in my brain might have, I'm hoping I got that one right. And in Hong Kong as well, another, another supercharger opening. So, uh, you know, Tesla, they tweeted this and that's how I saw it. And when I thought about it, Tesla is, has often been pretty quiet about this stuff, but I was glad to see that they tweeted this and I hope that they continue to broadcast these things fairly loudly on their social media channels as they happen. To me, it's important to both reassure existing Tesla owners that the company's working to expand the network and keep up with you know the, the very rapidly growing Tesla population. And it's also good, I think, to broadcast that information out to us Model 3 reservation holders. There are 400,000 plus of us because we can feel good that the company is continuing to prepare for our arrival as Tesla customers. There's just, I don't think there's any downside, and it's just nothing but upside to continuing to put the word out there like this. So uh, kudos to Tesla for, for getting the word out, and I hope they'll just continue to do it, because it just reinforces the message that there are lots of superchargers, they're out there, you can drive your Tesla anywhere you want to go, and that they're continuing to grow and support the network as more and more cars get out there. Next this week, Tesla has signed a deal with Samsung, which according to the Electrek report, is possibly indicating a plan to build their own SOC, their own system on chip. Uh, Now, as Electrek notes, Tesla has been rumored to be working on its own system on chip optimized for self-driving cars. They had previously hired Jim Keller from AMD 
as their new Vice President of Autopilot Hardware Engineering, which is a rather specific title. Not a lot of, uh, nothing vague about that. That happened earlier this year. And uh, this is now a possible confirmation electric notes coming from a South Korean publication that Samsung Electronics has signed a contract with Tesla to build an ASIC system, application-specific integrated circuit. That was a term I hadn't heard before, uh, meaning building its system on chip with Samsung semiconductors. Now, to me, this has very, very interesting ramifications. In short, I think it's very good news for a couple reasons. One, it will eventually allow Tesla to drive the price of autopilot and hardware too, the full self-driving hardware, down. Maybe even way down, potentially. Because right now, Tesla is paying NVIDIA for that brand spanking new 40 times more powerful processing core that's, that's uh, running all of the autopilot stuff. By working with Samsung to design and manufacture its own system on chip, Tesla could very well drive those costs way down in a few years. And even if they don't pass those savings along to us when we're buying the car, it still means that the cars would each be more profitable, which is good for the overall health of the company, which of course means that Tesla's in a better position to fulfill its mission statement, which is, say it out loud wherever you are, Okay, I heard you, yes, <laughs> to accelerate the advent of sustainable transport. Uh, now, also, this could also allow Tesla to iterate faster and improve the system more quickly, because we've seen how quickly the company can move. Just as a friendly reminder, it is the end of 2016. This, the, the Model S has been out for effectively four years, technically slightly more, officially four and a half, really, but effectively four years since it began delivering in, you know, in earnest. And in that time, we've gone from a rear-wheel drive, 4.2-second, 360, uh, pardon me, 365, 265-mile range car with a very bare-bones interior at four years ago to a 2.4-second Oh my goodness, I'm, I'm just now, I'm literally lo I'm looking at my notes in front of me. That, that is, they've almost halved the zero to 60 time. That is absurd. But yeah, so we've gotten, we've gotten now to a 2.4 second zero to 60 P100D ludicrous mode all-wheel drive 315 mile range car with a much, much more nicely appointed interior in just that four short years of time. That speed at which Tesla is able to iterate and move and improve is, in my opinion, critical. It's critical to Tesla's survival, and it's critical to the advent of level four and level five self-driving cars. If, if self-driving cars were left in the hands of the rest of the automotive industry, we might be lucky to see anything in five years. Now, obviously, that's my opinion as a, a self-admitted Tesla fanboy. But again, you know, other car companies only do things in model years and there aren't firmware updates and, and regular over-the-air updates. So that's my opinion on that. Now, the point being with, with uh, re specific relevance to this system-on-chip thing is this. Like Apple, who does their own system on chip uh, with the iPhone and iPad, by controlling that development themselves, meaning that, that system on chip development, Tesla can improve the processing a lot more quickly than when they have to rely on outside partners that they've contracted with and wait, waiting for them to just iterate. So to me, this system on chip is a really, really good thing in my opinion, even if we don't actually start seeing the benefits of it for a few years. A couple more stories yet. Next up here, noted Tesla analyst Adam Jonas, who works at uh, Morgan Stanley. He covers Tesla on Morgan Stanley's behalf. Now, he had recently stated that he expects the Model 3 to be a year late 
saying that he, be he believes it won't deliver until late 2018. I think I might have mentioned it in passing in another part of the show, but I didn't explicitly cover that story at the time because to me, it was, you know, with all due respect to Adam Jonas, it was just one analyst's opinion in trying to guide his investors. That's his job. But this week, he issued a memo explaining his position a bit more. So now I thought I would talk about it since he really sort of dove into it a little bit. He says, quote, 2017 is the year of the Model 3. What's the content? Where are the prototypes? When do we get to drive it? Will we want one? Is it as good or better than the Model S for less than half the price? When does it launch? And he says, we may not get the answers to all of these questions in 2017, but we'll have to get some, and each one matters. He continues later, we do not expect the Model 3 to be launched in 2017. While we cannot rule it out, we do not adopt as our base case, in other words, again, that investor guidance, a scenario in which Model 3 deliveries begin in 2017. We recognize that Tesla management has targeted a second half, targeted, pardon me, a second half launch date and that they will make every effort to satisfy high levels of preliminary demand and fill orders for the product as soon as possible. However, our base case is for a launch in late 2018, the emphasis there mine. We have taken this conservative approach to allow for the probability that Tesla will choose to prioritize the quality, cost, performance, and life-saving technology of the vehicle. While Tesla still adopts a high level of vertical integration, we expect the Model 3 to rely even more extensively on third-party suppliers than the Model S, potentially increasing the scope of supply-related factors outside of the company's control. Now, Mr. Jonas is right uh, in that, that first part there. We should get answers to at least some of those questions he asked at the beginning, possibly all of them, sometime in 2017. And I have to say, I appreciate that Jonas is of the mind that Elon will focus on quality and safety and not compromise ship date for those things. I certainly want the same, even if the wait's longer, because I'll tell you, I've been in the video game uh, business a long time, covering video games, and there's, there's not a single time where a video game that shipped early, you know, that shipped buggy, that I could, I could play it sooner, where the playing it sooner outweighed the uh, idea of it, of having to wait longer and get a polished product. So uh, I, that certainly applies to Tesla for me, especially when a substantially larger portion of my income is going to be going to that vehicle than it does to a $60 video game. I would much rather have a more polished car a year later than a rough car that's got a bunch of minor or or worse significant problems if, if getting it in 2017. And I will say that Adam Jonas has reason to be skeptical just of Tesla's dates given of course Tesla's history with delivering cars on time. None of the three of them have shipped even really remotely on time. The Roadster, the S, or the X. But uh, while his reasons are very logical, I don't think he's, he's throwing out any bearish statements or outrageous statements, which we've certainly seen from other people in the financial industry. I simply don't think it's going to be that late. I don't think late 2018 is, is going to be the case. I would, I'd be willing to split the difference with Mr. Jonas here. On the off chance that he's listening to this, I would like to make, I would like to offer to make a lunch bet with Adam Jonas. Uh, I, whereas, I, again, splitting the difference. I, I say that it would be by summer, the car would be no, no later than summer of 2018 for deliveries. So if he's willing to take that bet, let, I'm willing to make an in and out lunch bet. That's what we do at IGN. We love In-N-Out Burger. For those of you on the West Coast, you know what I'm talking about. For those of you uh, in the Midwest or East, you, you might not be familiar, but you may have heard the legend <laughs> of, of the In-N-Out Burger. So I'm willing to bet Adam Jonas an In-N-Out lunch that, uh, that the cars are out by mid-2018. We'll see. You know, and the, the fun part about that bet 
which we always joke about on at IGN is either way, even if I lose, I win because it's an excuse <laughs> to go eat in an out burger. But uh, now Jonas also acknowledged how much is riding on Model 3 for the company. And that's obvious. I've talked about that a lot. That's uh, that's uh, that's clear to anyone. But but in fact, that's precisely why I think that Tesla is more or less on time as of now, as of now. Because if they weren't, I think we would have likely gotten at possibly an official acknowledgement of that from Elon or Tesla. Because if it, if it were running behind, you don't want to string everybody along thinking that it's going to be on time and then be like, oh, sorry, it's late. Now, of course, the flip side to that is if you come out too early and say, oh, it's late, you risk a lot of people canceling their deposit, maybe buying another car. But and I get that there's a line to walk there, but we've gotten no official acknowledgement from Elon or from Tesla. Or at the very least, I feel like if the car were running behind, I feel like we, you know, Tesla is so much bigger than it was when the when the S was coming out. I mean, it's 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 ex. Well, put it this way: the amount of attention on Tesla is exponentially greater from both enthusiasts and skeptics and enemies alike than it was four years ago when the S was debuting. So, the point being, I think if the car, if the three were running behind, I feel like we would we would start hearing some some leaks from inside sources suggesting exactly that. And we haven't seen that. We haven't heard that at all. There's been absolutely nothing to that effect. So I'm optimistic for now. Again, I'm a Tesla fanboy, self-admitted, <laughs> badge-wearing Tesla fanboy. But that is, uh, that is my stance on it. And uh, we'll see who ends up more correct the Adam Jonas or myself, or maybe neither one of us, who knows? <laughs> maybe it is going to ship totally on time. And, and, uh, I mean, I still, I still think, again, I, I don't think I'm going to see my car in 2017. I would be pleasantly surprised if, if, what is this? This is, I'm recording on December 9th. I would, if, if that car is in my garage one year from right now, I would be very pleasantly surprised and hopefully I would have my finances ready to go to get the maximum car I possibly can. But uh, that's, the, that's the, of course, the upside is if, if it takes longer is I've got more chance to, to save up. So we'll see. There's, there's, a, there's a pluses and minuses either way. All right. Uh, and then lastly, just a couple of quick footnotes for this week. Tesla got their application with the city of Fremont to double the size of the Fremont factory they got that approved by the city of Fremont. There, of course, was absolutely zero doubt there. Tesla is the darling of Fremont. I mean, that it, it's Tesla has, uh, in many ways, put Fremont on the map. And I, while I, you know, fully acknowledge that Fremont had previously been on the map thanks to Numi, the you know the the original purpose of the what is now the Tesla factory. You know, once once Numi closed down and Toyota and GM pulled out of there. Uh, Fremont, you know, just had a big empty facility and, and Tesla has absolutely put Fremont back on the map. So there was no doubt that that was going to get approved, but it is in fact official now. The factory is going to eventually grow from the 5.5 million square feet it is now up to almost double 9.9 million square feet. And then the other note this week is that Tesla has uh, announced that the Gigafactory in Sparks, Nevada, now employs over 850 people. With that continuing to grow, they expect to add 1,000 additional jobs on top of that, so more than double the current workforce at the Gigafactory uh, during the course of 2017. It's just great to see the progress continuing there, and, gr- and it's great to see Tesla continue to not only create jobs uh, in this country, but clean energy jobs. That is just a wonderful Wonderful thing. So uh, good stuff happening at the Gigafactory as they look to ramp up for Powerwall and for, of course, Model 3 production. It is going to be uh, really great once that place is, is fully operational. That'll do it for the news this week. I'm going to come right back here. I've got a good handful 
again, as usual, of excellent Ride the Lightning hotline calls. So I'm going to hear from you guys here right after this. Just give me a few seconds to gather myself. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline portion of the show. As you know well by now, this is the part of the show where we hear from you. I hear from you. I don't know why. I use the royal we. Pardon me. (laughs) If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, you can call the Ride the Lightning Hotline anytime, toll-free. The the, uh, phone number to call or Skype is 1-888-989-8752. And, uh, of course, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted, as I do, or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more, and I hope I'm not jumping the gun here, uh, since I should probably wait till it's officially, like, in my possession, but uh, the kind folks from Life on Record have, uh, have upgraded themselves. They've upgraded their system, and they are upgrading me. So uh, the calls should be even better quality. Uh, I'm told that you're going to be able to submit them straight from your smartphone. So uh, details on that, hopefully by next week. It'll be whenever I get that system uh, set up. Uh, Don't hold me to next week, but the kind folks, thank you to the kind folks at lifeonrecord.com for for upgrading me. So hopefully this part of the show is going to be even better. Uh, I should remind you that, by the way, speaking of hotline calls, the 6th, Patreon exclusive bonus episode was posted last weekend, I believe it was last Sunday, for all of you $10 and up patrons, and it uh, features calls, uh, pay attention if you happen to hear your name in particular, it features calls from Kyle from New Jersey, Jay from Puerto Rico, Josh from Virginia, Brian from San Clemente, Jim from Santa Clara, I got you, Jim. I got your voicemail, Jim. Jim likes the part, this, he likes this exact part of the show where I say who's, who's going to be on there so that they can sort of listen. I just forgot last week to tease it. I had it all teed up and I just forgot. So I got you, Jim. And you're on there. That's, that's what makes it even better. I, I, did, I, I could play a Jim's call for, for, uh, to drive the point home, but <laughs> you can take my word for it. So I got you, Jim. You are on there, as well as Kevin from New York, Michael from Phoenix, and another Michael who did not leave his location. So all of you are featured on on the Patreon-exclusive bonus episode uh, that's up now for the month of December. And again, uh, you can gain access to all six of those and all the ones moving forward by becoming a $10 or higher Patreon backer. Let's start with Josh from Leesburg, Virginia, who follows up with the, uh, the noise cancellation discussion from last week. He has what is, uh, well, it's basically a, it's a correction because I think he's right and I, and I got it a little wrong. I, got a, I think I misinterpreted this a little bit. So Josh, go ahead. Hey Ryan, this is Josh from Leesburg, Virginia. just want to give a quick call and comment on the caller who was talking about the noise cancellation for the uh, exterior sound that is going to be required in the future for EVs. So I think... Uh, I think there may have been a misunderstanding, or, or maybe I'm misinterpreting it, but I believe the caller was suggesting a software-based noise cancellation, so the car is aware that it's making the noise, and in the cabin it could then play sort of the opposite of that noise, cancel it out through the speakers. I think that's what he was going with, uh, or going after, and uh, I guess it would be the same way that noise-canceling headphones work. So that's just want to leave that comment, and as a side note... Um, I am a Model 3 reservation holder, one of the people who's waiting in line on day one, and I uh, got a little bored, and I guess I ended up ordering a Model S on in October, and I do end up getting it next week, so I'm really excited, and uh, I'll be sure to let you know if I have any comments on that in the future. Thanks for the podcast. See ya. Thanks for your call, Josh, uh, especially because, as I mentioned a minute ago, I think you might be right. I think I was thinking a little too hard about that one, trying to come up with a nice, well-thought-out reply, but your idea is a lot more obvious, and it, quite frankly, it makes a lot more sense. So yes, indeed, I could certainly see Tesla implementing a software-based noise cancellation system for that low-speed pedestrian uh, alert slash noise that, that all quiet cars are going to have to implement uh, by, by law 
federal law by 2019. So good stuff from Josh. Our friend Michael from Milbray wonders when we're going to see, he's, he's got an, a Model X. He's wondering when we're going to see crash test data, official crash test data for the X. Michael, you're on the air. Hey Ryan, it's Michael from Milbray calling. I was curious if you had an idea when the crash test data for the Model X might come out. Um, obviously Tesla says it's the safest SUV on the road, but we always like to see the real data once it's released. Um, I don't remember waiting this long after the Model S was released to see the official figures, but um, I don't know, maybe we did. Uh, maybe you can extrapolate from that when the Model X would be on schedule. Um, Anyway, look forward to hearing any insights or research you might have on the matter. Uh, take care. Bye. It's always great to hear from you, Michael. And your call serves as a great reminder that, yes, we don't have official NHTSA crash data for the X yet. Only Elon Musk's word, which we have always been able to take him at, uh, that, it, that it is, in fact, the safest car in its class. Anyway, uh, as you note... We still don't have it for the X, and you're also sort of half and half. Ultimately, you're right that it's taken longer than it did to get the the, date, the certification for the S by comparison. So I looked it up. The Model S crash test results were announced in August of 2013, which was approximately one year after the car released because the the uh, pardon me the Founder Series cars started delivering. The very, very first ones were in June of 2012, but proper production didn't really start until around September or so there. The X, of course, uh, as it's uh, maybe, maybe people have started to forget a little by now, but uh, the X was a bit even more, of, even more of an extreme case. The X delivered its first few units to founders at that uh, founders that launch event at the very end of September of 2015, but then we didn't really see any X's until uh, about around January, basically when the year flipped to 2016. There were a few in December, but uh, really January is when it kind of got going with the with the signature models. So it's it's been technically longer than the S if we're measuring from those initial founders deliveries, but maybe not quite as long yet if we're measuring from signature production deliveries. Therefore, I would expect it to happen f- fairly soon for the X. I mean, I, I'd be willing to, uh, you know, throw a, throw a dart at the, at the guest board aiming for Q1 of 2017. I, I mean, how, how much longer could it go on if, if it, the car will have been out for a full calendar year at that point? So I've got to figure sometime in Q1 we're going to get the uh, the official Model X crash test results from the U.S. government. Let's move now to Felix from Toronto, who responded to my my Cars 3 movie theory. Uh, well, not that specifically, but he wanted to react to my comment about how I, I, I was talking about how pop culture seems to influence kids. Uh, he So let's hear from Felix in Toronto. Hi Ryan, this is Felix calling in from Toronto, Canada. I've been listening to your podcast for about two months now and absolutely love it. Uh, so thanks for your hard work. Um, calling in to respond to one of your comments last week about how pop culture influences kids and it reminded me of something that happened about two weeks ago. So when Tesla posted the videos of the self-driving Model X, I decided to show my kids um, the videos and explain to them that um, we're going to get a car similar to this one in about a year or two um, and it's not like the car that we've got doesn't use gasoline and it can drive itself Um, and they were pretty uh, mesmerized by the video as well Uh, so I didn't really think much of it after the fact um, but about a week after uh, my oldest daughter who's seven over dinner said to me, hey dad, so when are we going to get our Tesla? And she was so excited about it. Um, and so I just found that it was really cool that, you know, the technology that Tesla has um, is able to, you know, excite a seven-year-old girl. Uh, and, you know, it, 
I just found that to be really funny and I wanted to share it with the community. So again, uh, thanks for your good work and looking forward to the next episode. Thanks. Thank you for that call, Felix, because that story absolutely made me smile. Thank you for sharing it. Now, I can relate to this. I have my daughter trained at this point. She's five. I have her trained to be able to pick out Teslas on the road. It's actually gotten to the point where I don't even have to cue her anymore by asking, what's that car? She will actually yell, Tesla, and then I'll ask her, which one? And yes, I am proud to say, a proud father, she knows the difference between the S and the X from a good distance away. She does not need to be up close. She does not need to see the badge. She knows. And I have to say, those of you who are Tesla owners and who have young children in those cars, I feel you are absolutely passing this on to your kids, whether you are actively and consciously trying to do so, like me and Felix, or whether you're not. Because just you having the car and driving it and plugging it in when you get home, they see that, and it's, that is what they see as normal. So that, the, a Tesla, an electric car, is probably going to be a lot of kids' default idea of what a car is when they get older. And sp- speaking as someone who does a Tesla podcast every week, I think that is a really good thing that you Tesla-owning parents are doing. Finally this week, uh, a quick call from Harold and Melissa in Cincinnati who just wanted to call that they they uh, used Michael from Milbray, who we heard from a few minutes ago, they used Michael from Milbray's referral code to order themselves a Model S, and they wanted to just call in and uh, talk about it a little bit. So, uh, Harold, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Melissa and Harold Taylor calling you from Cincinnati, Ohio. Just wanted to tell you, happy holidays. And we also wanted to tell you that we used your code to get a Model S made for us. We were going to use our friend Howard's code, but he's in Cincinnati, Ohio, too, so there was no benefit. Hope using your code puts you over the top. So, executive producers for this episode of Ride the Lightning, Melissa and Harold Taylor, Cincinnati, Ohio. Take care. Thank you so much, Harold and Melissa, and I am thrilled to report via Michael from Milbray. We are now, in fact, at eight referrals with still a good bit of time to go. We've got actually just still over a month to go in this, in this edition of the referral program. So that means, my friends, we got that Elon autographed Founder Series Powerwall from Michael from Milbray. He emailed me so excited, so enthusiastic, so appreciative of of everybody involved, all everybody in the audience, and myself. Uh, I mean, Michael's the one who was kind enough to offer his code to me. You know, yeah, he he's getting the power wall, and and I'm getting a chance to win the car, which is which is all I can ask for. Uh, so, thank you. So, Harold, thanks to you and Melissa, as well as to the other folks who've used the referral code and gotten yourself $1,000 off of your SRX. I've heard from a few of you. Uh, so I just want to say to all of you, to all eight of you so far, congratulations on your imminent Tesla. we got two more referrals to go until Michael from Milbray gets that invitation to the next big Tesla event, which I suspect is probably going to be part three of the Model 3 reveal, which I would love to go to for... Not personally and certainly for the show's sake, too. You guys know I like to record from there. I like to do lots of stuff for the podcast from those things. And Michael from Milbray, right at the beginning, he promised that if we did get to 10, that he would take me as his guest for that. So uh, just huge thank you to everybody so far who's ordered a Tesla using that code. Again, it's uh, everybody wins. Michael from Milbray's got himself a Powerwall and... uh, uh, you, of course, get $1,000 off of the Tesla that you're ordering. And I, uh, very appreciatively, I'm very grateful to get that opportunity in the raffle to win a ludicrous uh, Model S or Model X, which I would absolutely otherwise not have the opportunity to ever dream about having 
in my life. So uh, I'll just go ahead and leave the, the code right here rather than in the uh, plug section at the end. If you are looking to get a Tesla, you want to either jump in now, order your car and still get qualify for free supercharging for life uh, or just plan to get one in the next month or so during this referral period, the, the way to get that $1,000 off is to put this referral code into your browser. Just type in ts.la slash michael2204. That link will take you to a design studio where you can select the S or X, configure your car, and when it goes through, you'll, you'll uh, get that $1,000 off. So again, thanks to all of you who've ordered already, and uh, thanks in advance to any more of you who may decide to, uh, to utilize it. That wraps it up for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Hey, uh, the thought occurs to me. I was talking about not getting, you know, ha- not having yet met Elon Musk uh, at the top of the show, and I was talking about South Park. If you've happened to meet Elon Musk, I would love to hear your story. If you could, uh, if you could leave it on the Ride the Lightning Hotline in, you know, minute and a half, two minute tops. I just think it'd be really cool if there are any of you out there who have been able to actually meet. Elon Musk and, and maybe describe your hopefully pleasant interaction with him. Uh, maybe we'll, we can do some of that next week. In addition, of course, to any of your other questions, comments, or discussion topics, the toll-free number, which I think I mentioned, I usually mentioned it, but it's 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's a toll-free call or Skype, or you can also email uh, your, your call if you just want to record it on your phone and email it to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Although, like I said, next week, it looks like the uh, proper Ride the Lightning hotline will have the ability to do that same thing, to send it straight from your smartphone. So again, the number is one 888 tesla which is, of course, 8752 on the keypad. Be right back to wrap things up for you. A few notes right after this. All right, I want to start by thanking Dave T, who uh, is kind enough to mention we sort of trade promotion. He does a great thing. He appreciates what I'm doing. Uh, He's kind enough to mention this podcast uh, in each of his weekly Tesla newsletters at the bottom. And I am more than happy to mention his weekly Tesla newsletter here on the podcast because it is an excellent little resource uh, that he sends out every Friday with a summary of the week's most relevant Tesla news in email form. You can subscribe for free to Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter at teslaweekly.com. Just head over there. Meanwhile, uh, thanks as always to the, my friends at teslarati.com, Gene, Electric Gen, etc. They do a great job of covering Tesla news on a day-to-day basis, and they are very kind to uh, help spread the word on this podcast. They usually post about it each and every week, so I appreciate that sincerely. I also appreciate abstractocean.com because they have a bunch of cool Tesla accessories for owners and non-owners alike, and they've very kindly offered a 20% discount code for listeners of this podcast. So if you visit abstractocean.com, add everything you want to buy into your cart, and then at checkout, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, that's going to get you 20% off of your order. So thanks so much to abstractocean.com for offering that to my phenomenal audience. Uh, the Patreon, if you're curious to take a look at it, see what it's all about. Uh, it's the short version, as I mentioned, you know, at the end of every week. The uh, Tons of work goes into this podcast. And if you're, you're, uh, you see fit to support it with a pledge, however big or however small, I uh, would greatly appreciate it. You can visit patreon.com slash Tesla podcast with Patreon being spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. I mentioned earlier the show email address. You can always email me Tesla podcast at gmail.com. And I do believe uh, that just about wraps it up. Of course, You can subscribe to the show if you don't already. That's the easiest way to get it because it will be automatically downloaded to you through just about any provider of your choice. You can subscribe via iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, 
tune in or you can uh, get mp3s at the hosting site or just grab the rss feed at the hosting site and that site is teslapodcast.libsyn.com. Finally, of course, huge thanks to the Patreon producers. These are the extremely kind and supportive souls who pledge every month at the $20 or higher level. I cannot thank you for your support enough. Those folks are Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Nick Hoffman, Jonathan Wales, John Waltower, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, and Alexi Heft. So thanks so much to all of you. Thanks so much to everybody listening. Hope you're having a wonderful holiday season so far, wherever you may be. Uh, I have no intentions to take any breaks over the holidays because I'm uh, not traveling. I'm just going to be around. I'm more than happy to keep doing shows every single Sunday at 9 a.m. because uh, I, mostly because I just enjoy doing it. And I, the, the, the feedback I get from you guys just reinvigorates me. Every time I get a call, every time I get a nice email, uh, tweet, whatever it is, it just sort of makes me feel like, oh, so I'm actually doing something that some people out there are enjoying. And that's, that's uh, the positive reinforcement is, uh, it's not why I do this, but boy, it, it feels really nice to get it. So, um, yeah, I guess if I, I mention this every random, every now and again, uh, if you do enjoy the podcast, you can also go to uh, iTunes and leave a review. That's also helpful because it, I, I guess it's, it feeds into iTunes' whole algorithm with which, uh, you know, helping the show get visibility on there. So you can, you can either just leave us a one to five star rating, hopefully towards the five star side, if you like it. Uh, you can also write something if you want, but you don't have to. So anyway, enough of that. Uh, hope everybody is doing well. I will be back, of course, the regular time next week. Happy electric motoring, everybody.